Welcome to the Tanya Acker Show. When does a past mistake render one unfit to do their current job? That's a question that I had occasion to discuss with Joe Armstrong. He's my next guest. Joe is the owner of WJBE Radio in Knoxville, Tennessee. He's a former legislator who got into some trouble, paid the price, and now the FCC is threatening to take away the license for a station. Listen as Joe tells his story. Welcome to the podcast, Joe Armstrong, owner of Knoxville radio station WJBE. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored to be a guest today. You bought the station in 2012. Uh, it is Knoxville's only Black-owned station. Tell us why it was important for you to do this deal. Why did you want to buy this radio station in the first place? Well, uh, I actually had radio in my blood. Um, uh, when I was a, a student at the University of Tennessee, my financial aid ran out when I was a sophomore and I had to go find a job and something and just encouraged me to go and knock on the door of WJBE. And uh, at that time, the station was owned by the godfather of soul, James Brown, who started this station, bought this station in 1968. It's the first station that James Brown ever owned in the country. And uh, the call letters he named after himself, WJBE, stood for James Brown Enterprise. And so uh, I went to the station and uh, applied for a job and I was, was hired in sales. And so I worked my way through the University of Tennessee uh, selling advertising for WJBE. And then uh, in the early 80s, James Brown sold the station uh, to a local veterinarian and his wife uh, who operated the station for a few years, and then they let it go dark. And uh, Knoxville lost a great history. And uh, of course, in between time, we had had people that would come in and try to operate a station, but no one was ever successful. And then in 2012, a frequency became available and I revived the call letters, WJBE, and uh, we've been on the air ever since. And uh, we've added an FM. We've added 99.7 FM, so we're AM, FM station. And the reason that I did it was because uh, people would come to Knoxville and, and they would ask, hey, where's your black station? And when we say, well, we don't have one, it, it was embarrassing. And uh, so... You know, and I always had that on my bucket list to one day, you know, open up a black station in Knoxville. And it's really a story of coming full circle, right? I mean, you worked your way through college. Yes. Uh, selling ads for this station. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself sitting in the Tennessee House of Representatives and you buy the station, uh, resurrecting that legacy and that history. W. James Brown Enterprises. James Brown was an innovator for the mere fact that he started buying stations. And at the time, in back in the late 60s, all the way up until uh, the Clinton administration changed the rules at the FCC where you could have multiple ownership, an uh, individual uh, could only own three stations and corporations couldn't own them. And so James Brown owned three stations, uh, Knoxville, Augusta, and Baltimore, because none of the stations was playing his music. 
the only place you could hear his music was in, you know, the club, the juke joints or in somebody's house. Let's fast forward a bit. Uh, you bought the station in 2012. Yes. Uh, at the time, you were a member of the Tennessee House of Representatives. In 2016, uh, you resigned from the Tennessee House uh, and pled guilty uh, to some tax charges. Mm-hmm. Uh, one tax charge. You, what would, one tax one charge. charge. Uh, let's yes. be clear. What was what, the, um, you were convicted of uh, filing a false tax return. That was yes. the single charge, correct? Yes, that's from a two, and, 2008 tax return. I just want to make sure the audience is clear. So in 2016, you were convicted, but the conviction for the single charge arose from a 2008 filing uh, where the government uh, contended and you were convicted of omitting information about certain profits um, on that tax return. Right. So you resigned from the Tennessee House. Uh, You were... Your sentence was, what, three years probation, I believe, sir? Was that it? Yes, that was it. Three years probation. Yes. And And I'll note that the presiding judge at the time of your sentencing said that you had, and I'm quoting the presiding judge, uh, you'd, quote, led an exemplary life until this occurrence uh, and that even though some of the profits you made were unethical and immoral, they weren't illegal, your conviction arose from your not reporting those profits on your 2008 tax return. Yes. And, uh, of course, uh, along with my CPA, uh, who uh, was convicted, uh, CPA was convicted of uh, tax evasion. Uh, I was only convicted of filing a false, uh, signing a false return. You were sentenced to three years probation. Yes. Your probation officer said, and I'm quoting again from uh, news reporting about your probation officer's statements, your probation officer said that you, quote, complied with each and every condition as ordered by the court, Mm -hmm. and that you, quote, continue to be a very responsible, reliable, forthright, and well-respected individual in Knoxville, Tennessee, and the surrounding area. So you convicted of one charge, uh, sentenced to three years probation. The presiding judge says that this act is an aberration. Probation officer says he's complied with all the terms of his probation. Uh, He is a responsible member of our community. So what happens in 2022 then when the FCC approaches you and says that they're threatening to take your license away? What happens there? They sent me a letter and said that we were taking your license. They didn't say that threatening. They actually sent me a letter and said, you know, in 30 days, we're not renewing your license. What were the reasons they gave in the letter for uh, wanting to revoke your license? Well, one is that they said, you know, I was convicted uh, of a a felony, filing a false tax return, one, you know, conviction, and that uh, from a 2017 or a rule that they had on the book, if someone was convicted of a felony, uh, that uh, they would have a are hearing on whether that person had the moral turpitude to be able to hold a uh, FCC license. The FCC has what is uh, what it describes as a policy regarding character qualifications and broadcast licensing. Right. In this policy, it gives the commission authority 
to revoke a license, deny a license to someone who is considered to be morally unfit. Uh, I'm just sort of summarizing. I pulled up part of the policy. Oh, okay, great. And and what it's interesting because it says, while conviction for a felony raises questions of whether an applicant or licensee has the requisite propensity to obey the law, we continue to believe that there are mitigating factors that must be taken into consideration in our deliberations. At the time, the FCC attorney that I was using at the time explained to me that I need to go ahead and and just turn in my license or if I wanted to is appeal and transfer the license to someone else, a family member or if they would allow for that. He wasn't up for the fight. And uh, luckily... This was your lawyer. Yeah, this was your, my the, original The lawyer, lawyer who was yeah, representing I, you. I don't want to call your him Your lawyer said, now, give up. But, you know, he knows <laughs> no, who don't he call is. <laughs> Your lawyer said, give it up. Yes, yeah, his lawyer said, give it up. You know, you, you've got a, uh, you know, you got an AM license with an FM translator. You know, uh, the fight is going to cost way more than the reward and keeping a station open in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I totally disagree because we in Knoxville have lost so much in the black community that this radio station is a sense of pride. It's a sense of heritage. You know, when we talk about WJBE and, and, and James Brown and, and uh, you know, we've lost our only HBCU Historical Black College, which was Knoxville College. Urban renewal wiped out a lot of our businesses, you know, our our community. Uh, now that gentrification is hitting Knoxville, also we're seeing traditional Black communities and business districts, you know, being gentrified. So we've lost so much here in Knoxville, and and, and one of the the points of of pride is this radio station. So your lawyer says to you, give up the fight. Right. You say, I, I don't want to. What do you do next? Lord always puts a ram in the bush. And I got a call from a, a guy named Andrew Ward uh, with the Institute for Justice. And uh, they had heard about my plight. And uh, they called and wanted to come down and meet me. Andrew Ward, and he brought her his... Uh, colleague Daniel Nelson and they flew down to Knoxville we met we sit, I sat and talked about the radio station how much it meant to the black community here in Knoxville that this was the only uh, form of communication truly uh, in the black community because we don't have a black newspaper anymore and uh, this is the, we don't have a black television station and uh, you know we would have to depend on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and the social networkings, which, as you know, a lot of that is gossip. So we had actually lost our communication if we lost this station. They saw the plight of WJBE, and they felt that our uh, uh, case was draw merit. And so they chose to represent uh, uh, the station uh, through their organization, Institute for Justice. I don't do the station here for me. This is for this community. And I was in the position where I want to save the station. You know, it's not about Joe Armstrong. It's about WJVE and the black folk in Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, for us not to have a radio station to go back and not have a way of communicating, 
you know, is stepping us back. If we're not able to communicate, to talk to politics of the community, to talk to social justice of the community, uh, the civil things in this community. So, you know, I don't care. It don't have to be me on this station as long as this station survives. And I told them, hey, I'll turn around and give it to a nonprofit, sign it off, do whatever, because this station is way bigger than me. I love my community. Taking away this radio station is taking away a valuable tool to this community. I also read reporting that indicated that another reason that the FCC gave for wanting to uh, to revoke your license, in addition to the prior um, conviction uh, for uh, that uh, one filing in 2008, was that you didn't comply with some FCC filing deadlines. Mm -hmm. What was that charge about? What was that about? Well, uh, when after my conviction, uh, of course, uh, my previous attorney, we filed two weeks later to inform the FCC of my conviction. And so that was 14 days late. But we did file. It wasn't like we concealed it or anything like that. We missed the deadline by 14 days. Of course, I was unaware that that was even an issue until, um, you know, I received this revocation notice, you know, memo. What is the status of those proceedings right now? Well, Where does your case sit? Oh, okay. Well, they they have presented what they feel are the formal accusations from them, and we have responded to those and now uh, we're in a 30-day waiting period for them to respond back to our answers. And when they respond back to our answers, then it will go before an administrative judge, which uh, has ruled on cases like this in the past. Um, and so uh, after July the 14th, it'll be in the administrative judge's hands. We'll end where we started, which is that what you're doing really is keeping a part of history and a real legacy alive. James Brown was inducted in the Radio Hall of Fame just December of this past year because of being the owner of WJBE Radio that he started in Knoxville, Tennessee. And and just the last quote, we were last year, the city of Knoxville gave us Minority Business of the Year Award this year, the Knoxville Area Urban League, we were the small business of the year for the Urban League. So we have gotten awards. We've been recognized for our outstanding leadership in our community. Uh, we had uh, over 1,500 signatures from listeners that sent in and asked the FCC not to take away the station. Uh, we had over 60 letters of character references uh, for myself to go in. And, and so I think that the community has rallied behind this station and demonstrated how much they love this station and how much they need it. Good luck to you and your fight, sir. And I hope you'll come back. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Please don't forget to subscribe. Go to tanyaackershow.com or you can subscribe on any major podcast platform. I also have a YouTube channel, so I hope to see you there too. I appreciate you.